0: Tennessee beats Bowling Green by a score of 38 to 6. A little mini podcast with Eric Kane, Ben McKee, Austin Price, and Brent Hubbs. As the Volunteers rack up 326 yards on the ground, 471 yards of offense on 88 snaps, uh, a tell of two quarters in the first half, and then a dominant run game in the second half. Uh, let's just, what, what's, aside from the quarterback, we'll get to that, but what's your biggest takeaway from, from Tennessee's win? That they got a lot of improvement to do. I
1: mean, like, you know, defense, I thought, really kind of was, to me, the best part of the night, and, and, you know, going to halftime, I don't think anybody was willing to say that, you know, because, I mean, they just gave up just some chunk plays here and there and allow them to get a couple of field goals. But on the whole, I mean, they didn't give up a touchdown. They did what they were supposed to do against an inferior Bowling Green team. Defensive line was, I thought, very disruptive, um, you know, offensively flashes um, run game was consistent I thought pretty much all night um, but uh, gonna have to be better and I mean look everybody's gonna sit there and pick apart Joe Milton's performance and uh, you know it is what it is at this point
2: yeah I'd say it is the run game um, you know there was there were some things all across the board that you like tonight but the run game you had two guys that uh, finished it with over 100 yards and Jabari Small and Tyon Evans I thought Tyon Evans there in the third quarter just took over the game I mean simply put he was getting chunk plays a uh, 17 yards, 11 yards, and you know, he and Joe Milton were really working well together in the backfield. I thought the offensive line, of course, you know, blocked well in that regard, and, and really well overnight, especially with you know the injury to Cooper Mace had how, how you had to shuffle the deck a little bit with Ollie Lane coming in and uh, Jerome Carvin playing center, which. Again, I think it was a surprise, but I'll go with the run game. I mean, you know, quarterback play, as, as Josh Heupel put it after the game, it's, it's got to get a whole lot better, but it helps a lot, and especially if you're an inferior opponent tonight, but it helps a lot when you have two guys that are running the ball the way they are.
3: Yeah, how can you not look at the running game? I mean, your two backs, 1A, one 1B, one however you want to look at them, both rush for 116 yards apiece and have a have a touchdown, and I kind of sat there and wondered where would Tyon Evans be in the rotation had he not really been banged up uh, in spring due to injury. Uh, and and there at the beginning of, of fall camp, makes me kind of wonder if uh, Tyon Evans would be the guy and, and then Jabari Small would feed off of him. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out the, the rest of the season. But just to be a little bit different than, than Kaner, uh, Theo Jackson, uh, I've, I've never been overly impressed with Theo Jackson, quite frankly. And I was overly impressed with Theo Jackson tonight. Team high, 11 tackles, uh, two and a half tackles for a for a loss, I think he had a pass breakup uh, as well. He was all over the field and uh, had some good angles on guys and uh, some really nice tackles. So I thought Theo Jackson played really well. Secondary played well and, and they should against this Bowling Green team, uh, but they looked really well. And I'll give Ollie Lane props. I was kind of scratching my head when he went into the game and I'd love to look back uh, at the tape before I make some declaration, but they did better with Ollie Lane and then, then quite frankly, I thought that they would. So. Uh, I was surprised to see Ali Lane go in, but they were still able to run the football with him in the game. So that was surprising to me, and I thought a positive takeaway.
1: I had another one, Caleb Tremblay. I thought he really impressed me up front on the defensive line. Um, You know, a couple times he got in the backfield and and was disruptive, made some plays. Um, You know, you are sitting there doing the broadcast, when they kept going, I mean like I get, like, changing out a linebacker. But, like, every third series they go to this Aaron Beasley's So on Page package. It just seemed odd. Did it not to you? Like, that they did they – the whole se- – because it didn't like – it wasn't like that the defense was out there all night and these guys needed a break. I I don't
2: did know. I would keep the D line and the secondary in at times with, with the starters and then put in those two.
1: It just well. seemed odd that the linebacker – maybe
0: they were just trying to get them reps and they knew they, they, they weren't going to really – have this game in jeopardy, but what'd you think? Well, I mean, I thought there was a stretch where Elante Taylor just, I mean, he, he missed a couple of series in the first half, and it was kind of like, well, what, 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 I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. What was that about? I mean, I think they did go into the game with an idea of getting some guys, some, some, some series and some reps, and, and maybe messing with the combinations a little bit, looking, you know, looking at different combinations. That's not to say they didn't take. Bowling Green serious, but it felt like defensively, I don't want to say experimenting, but they were kind of getting a feel for some guys a little bit more than than I, I thought that they would. I, I, you know, here's the hard part about this thing, and everybody's going to do this. Everybody does this week one. It's typical. You know, how much of it is? Well, it's week one. They got they got a lot to go. Everything's you know, and then versus the well, they're just not any good. You know what I mean? I mean, he, I thought they would score more points, okay? I mean, if you had told me that, that Joe Milton was going to overthrow two guys on wide-open deep balls, I, I would have said, nah, he's going to hit at least one of those. I mean, yeah. the first one I get, maybe you're a little geeked up. The second one, he just—he didn't give him a chance, you know, uh, on that one. Just ball was thrown on a rope and, and without any kind of, um, you know, error under it, giving the guy a chance to make a play there. So, I, I just – I struggle a little bit with, you know, what, what still kind of what are they? You, you know, you, you can pick out some individuals that you like, but exactly what they are, who they are,
3: still remains a bit of a mystery to me. I think we learned that they're a running team. I know it's only one game, but uh, I think that's the one area you can't critique Joe Milton is him running around with with the rock in his hands. And talked about the running backs. Is this team a running team? We thought we were going to – see Joe Milton's arm all night long but they they ran the ball efficiently I'll be curious to see what they look like against a
2: well-coached Pat Narduzzi team next week but it may be a a run run first team Is Joe Milton gonna run the football that much every game I mean that's something I was surprised about I mean I thought there'd be some quarterback draws in there and I I thought there would be some option tags on there and there really wasn't whereas if Hendon Hooker was in the ballgame I think we would have seen that a little bit but I mean, there was there was a ton of draw plays, and maybe that's something they saw in film, looking up Bowling Green. That obviously he's a big guy, but I mean, I'll have to check the stat sheet. I mean, he ran well tonight, but I gotta think that you can't run him that much, especially in two weeks when you're playing, you know, the likes of you know Florida and SEC play and stuff like that. So that's that's something that I took away as well. He wasn't great throwing the football after the first quarter, but he he ran well uh, a couple of times. He left some yards out there though, still.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I mean, 14 carries. You know how many of those were called? How many of those were option reads by him? I mean, the second touchdown he had, he could have certainly very easily handed you know that ball off for a touchdown, yep. and he kept it for for to go outside, which you know he used a nice stiff arm to get there. But he could, they could have scored either way there. I I don't know what that is. The other thing we were talking about, Ben and I were. I don't, know, I don't know what all they're asking him to do from a progression standpoint in terms of seeing the field. Because when he watches it on tape, and Josh Heupel acknowledges, he missed some open guys. Is that because he locked in on somebody? Is that either they take one side of the field away from at him times, at times?
2: Th- that was my takeaway you know, I'm not sure. Because I, I would sit there and I'd watch his head, and, and he, it wouldn't move. He would be scanning the left side of the field, and there'd be a guy streaking across the middle or a back – in the flat climbing. Uh, You know, that Cedric Tillman touchdown, Ben, you told me, I I didn't see this, but Ben, you told me that Hyatt was wide open, but Evans was in the flat climbing. He could have walked in the end zone, so it didn't even see it. Now it worked out. Um, But maybe, you know, I'll have to go back and watch the film as well to see how much he did that, but I noticed that on a few plays.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. And again, I mean, part of this is not sure exactly what all he's asked to do and and how this, you know, because we keep hearing from Alex Golish and we keep hearing from... Um, Joey Hosley you know, we coach quarterbacks different. I don't know what that means. Coaching quarterbacks different. It's clear this though. Joe Milton's the quarterback. There was no reason to change quarterbacks in, in this game. Uh, try to get him. I mean, he needs as much tread on the tires as he can get to try to work through some things. Um, and then the, the answer to the question: It feels like Hendon Hooker was the backup quarterback because he was the first one off the bench. I know it was mop up duty but that's certainly the vibe that you take away from this game. Well, it is. This
1: game. Maybe not in, in six years ago, but now when you can play four games and still redshirt, absolutely. You know, I mean, like, I, I, that that's the way I definitely felt. Like, you know, I mean, again, maybe in years past, you, you couldn't really get a tail because maybe they put somebody else in, but now that you can play without redshirting, to me the number two quarterback coming in is your number two quarterback.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll say this. I mean, when you look at Joe Milton – there's some physical things that he missed. There's some things he missed once the ball was snapped. But but in terms of operation stuff, they didn't have false starts, they didn't no. have delay game penalties. They didn't turn the football they, over. You know, other than the one you know, you get the, the fumble the knocked fumble. away from him late. But I mean, the operation part of it was okay. good. Execution not so much, but the operation part of it snap to snap, particularly in that first quarter. I mean those first two drives, I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna score 65 points, and, and this what, thing's just it's
2: over. Back in spring, that's the first thing Joey Halsey said. He said the number one thing we're looking for in a quarterback is can you operate within our system and run it. And you're right. I mean, from an execution standpoint, you, you can always get better from that standpoint. But just running the offense at the tempo, you, you no know, pre-snap penalties. That was an issue in scrimmage number one. Didn't see a whole lot of that tonight. Um, yeah, I would agree with that.
0: It feels like to me, and as we get ready to wrap it up, they're pretty basic on offense. Now I know that they don't have the. I mean, they don't have a playbook that's got 700 plays in it. It's not the thickest notebook playbook. It's not Jim Cheney. But 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 did you feel like they were pretty
3: vanilla, pretty simplistic, Ben? I did, and Kane and I talked about that on on our Game Quest podcast that we did uh, this morning. That you don't have to to be super elaborate to beat this Bowling Green team, and I think that's why uh, tonight feels so underwhelming, is because Bowling Green is so bad now I, I thought Bowling Green played better than I it expected. was better than
2: it was better than 2020 Bowling green
3: uh, yes it was much better so I'll be curious to, to look back in a month or two and see kind of where Bowling Green is 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 this a better bowling Green team than, than maybe we thought that they would be not saying that they're gonna go on to to win the Mac or anything but uh, I don't think they're an Owen five football team like they were last year losing every game by 25 points or more but it feels underwhelming because you see those statistics you, you hear about a true freshman walk on starting at center uh, a right tackle starting for the first time after playing defensive line going into fall camp and, and you think tennessee should dominate on every single play at every level with each unit and they come out here and and they don't do that so i do wonder how much of that is just being simply vanilla because you don't have to 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 run super diverse blitzes or or coverages or on offense run gadget plays or, or gimmick plays or whatever you want to call them, you don't have to do that against a team like Bowling Green.
0: My last thing, Austin, is that I'm reminded of this with up tempo offense. You got to make that first first down. They did that in the first quarter and they dominated. I mean, they were in complete control. They get to yeah, that second quarter sticks. It's yeah, you know, they they get in the second quarter, end of the first quarter, and in the second quarter. They don't make first down on back to back series and they're all it's all out of kilter there. So the whole key to that thing is you gotta make that first first down to to get to get things going and um we'll see how much this Tennessee team grows
1: I mean I week
0: one to week I, two. I get the
1: angst from the fans. They've had four years of bad quarterback play and tonight it was like Locking in, not getting the ball out of your hands. it was same like, it, Yeah, same, it was like deja vu. Now, mm-hmm. again, how much of that was on him, part of it, and how much of that was on receivers not being able to get open or running wrong routes or whatever. Not being probably, healthy. Probably part of it, too. So, like, again, I get the angst. The problem is, that like, they're not changing quarterbacks, you know, at least not right now. And so, I mean, Joe Milton will be the guy going into next week and – you know, Tennessee fans just better hope that, you know, the old, you get better, the most improvements made going from game one to game two.
0: Yeah. They better hope that holds true. Again, the, the thing about tonight, there's no reason to change a quarterback. You weren't losing the game. You clearly think he has the most upside. Joe does. Sure. And that's the guy that you think you got to let him play through it. Now, you get in that game next week, you know, when you're in a tight ball game and maybe you're, you're struggling there. That's a whole different conversation because it's a whole different level of competition that you're playing against. They weren't going to lose tonight. And as long as he's not throwing pick sixes, and throw, I mean, they're not going to lose the game. He, you know, let him play through. So I, there was never a thought, I, I, I mean, and there shouldn't have been a thought about making a quarterback change in the middle of the game. Uh, you know, you got to let him play through it. The question is how much does he learn from this week to improve himself from week one to week two? You know, I know he said he felt like he played, you know, played good or played well after the game. I, I think the I think the grade and I think the film study of that, he, he's probably going to see he missed a lot of things mm-hmm. that he probably didn't know or doesn't realize that he missed it at the time he's meeting with the media after the game. We got tons of coverage up on the site. We'll have tons of stuff coming up the next few days to to get uh, more on this game and then start thinking about Pittsburgh and moving forward. Josh Heupel will meet the media on. Uh, Monday, we got some new stuff coming out Monday afternoon. Some new content coming that way as well. Plenty of things, plenty of discussion going on into General's quarters that will continue. That's going to do it for this um, Thursday night, Friday morning um, mini podcast as Tennessee beats Bowling Green by a score of thirty-eight to six. For Eric Kane, Ben McKee, and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Friday, everybody.